our Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you only by the righteousness of your Son. We thank you that your Son is the Saviour of God's people. We thank you that he is the one from whom and through whom and to whom are all things, even your church. We thank you that we are gathered uh, this evening uh, to continue to consider this matter of the Church of Christ, what he has done uh, for, for, her bride, for, for his bride and what he requires of her for his glory and for her good. We thank you that you have been pleased to save a people for yourself and this evening, therefore, we pray that you may be glorified by having us rightly uh, consider the whole matter of the church to the praise and glory of your name. Thank you for bringing us here. Grant that we would come out having heard from your word. May your name be glorified uh, in the midst of your people. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chapter 26 of the church. This evening we'll be considering paragraph 6. I'd like for us to read from paragraph 1. Paragraphs 1 through to 5. And then uh, I'm going to read paragraph 6, which is what we'll be considering this, this evening. So let's have volunteers read from the first paragraph to the fifth. The fabric or universal church, which, with respect to the internal work of the Spirit and truth of grace, may be called invisible, consists of the whole number of the elect that have been, are, or shall be gathered into one under Christ, the head thereof, and is the spouse the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. All persons across the world, professing the faith of the gospel and obedience unto God by Christ, according unto it, not destroying their own profession by any errors, diverting the foundation or unholiness of conversation, are and may be called visible sins. And of such sort, all particular congregations to be constituted. Paragraph 3. The purest churches under heaven are subject to mixture and error. And some are so degenerated as to become no churches of Christ, but synagogues of Satan. Nevertheless, Christ always has had and ever shall have a kingdom in this world. To the end of such as believe in him and make profession of his name. Paragraph 4. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church, in whom, by the appointment of the Father, all power for the calling, institution, order, or government of the church is invested. <coughs> 
is invested in a supreme and sovereign man. Neither can the Pope of Rome in any sense be held thereof, but is that but is that an antichrist that that man of sin and son of perdition that exalted himself in the church against Christ and all that is called God, whom the Lord shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. In the execution of this power where which it is entrusted, the Lord Jesus called out of the one unto himself through the ministry of his word. By his spirit, those that are given unto him by his father, that they may walk before him in all the ways of obedience, which which he prescribed to them in his word. Those thus called, he commanded to work together in a particular society, or churches, for their mutual edification and the due performance of the public worship, which he required of them in the world. In the world. So just a brief recap, paragraphs 1 through to paragraph 4, we have the universal church, um, the universal body of Christ. In paragraphs one, we in paragraphs one and two, we we see that um, <clears throat> the universal church is both invisible and visible. It's invisible in the sense that we cannot see the work of the Spirit of God in the hearts of men. Uh, from paragraph two, we see that it is visible in the sense that we can see those who profess the faith of the gospel, those who f- uh, uh, submit themselves to the lordship of Christ. And continuing there, there after to live in 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 holiness. Uh, paragraph three, we saw that the universal church is perpetual; it will continue to the end. Uh, and even though even the purest churches are are subject or prone to mixture and error, the Lord Jesus Christ will always preserve His church. He will build His church, and the gates of Hades will not um, prevail against it. In paragraph four, we saw that Jesus Christ is the Lord of his, of his church. He is the head of the church. Uh, the Father appoints him to be the head of the church, gives him supreme and sovereign authority over the church, and no one else can take that place, uh, regardless of who, whomever they, they are. And so from those four paragraphs, we see the universal church. Yet as we look at the four paragraphs, we see you know, vivid descriptions of uh, the local church. If you look at paragraph 2, you have uh, the, the end of it there says, and of such ought all particular congregations to be constituted. Of those that have professed faith in Jesus Christ, particular congregations should be constituted. So you see there that even though there's this universal uh, church which is visible because there are those who have professed faith in Jesus Christ, we... <clears throat> We have those who have, have done that come together to constitute particular congregations. In paragraph 3, we also see that uh, the universal church is known by the local expression of it so that the purest churches under heaven are subject to mixture. So when the writers of the confession write that, they are inevitably assuming that uh, we know that there is a universal church because there are local local churches and, and therefore it is those that are able to that are subject to or prone to mixture and error. Um, yes. Last week we considered <clears throat> we, we now started looking at the local church um, particularly and in paragraph five we were able to see the the origin of the local church. Where does the local church come from? Why do we have the local church? Um, and we see that this church, uh, this what we call the local church, is by the institution of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, 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 at the middle of paragraph 5, we see that those thus called, those who are called by the Lord Jesus Christ, saved by him, he commandeth to walk together in particular societies or churches for their mutual edification, that, that horizontal relationship, 
and the due performance of public worship, that vertical relationship with God, uh, which he requireth of them in the world. And so Jesus Christ is the one who um, originates. He, he is the originator uh, of the church. It comes from him. So that when he gives that command there in Matthew 18 to excommunicate or discipline the brother or, or the brother who uh, who is unwilling to repent of their sins, he presupposes that there, there, there is a local church that comprises of members who are Christians and elders who are the shepherd teachers. So, so that's, that's, that's what we considered last week, that Jesus Christ instituted the church. It's not an idea that we came up with as believers and, and thought that it, was, it, it would be such a good thing for us to be gathering. No, no, the local church was uh, originated by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that calls out of the world unto himself through the ministry of the word by his spirit, those that are given to him by his father, that they may walk before him in all the ways of obedience, which he prescribeth to them in his word. And then those whom he calls, he therefore commands, that they should, be, uh, they should walk together in particular societies or churches for their mutual edification and their due performance of that public worship. Now, just as a side note, what we considered last week does as well speak of particular redemption, that Jesus Christ did not come to this world to save everyone. Jesus Christ came to this world to save his people. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. John chapter 6 I think it's verse 37, which says that uh, 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 all, who, all who come to him, he will save them. But those that come to him are those whom the Father draws. Uh, I think we considered that a bit. Um, yeah. Paragraph 6. Look with me there. The members of these churches are saints by calling, visibly manifesting and evidencing in and by their profession and walking, their obedience unto that call of Christ, and do willingly consent to walk together according to the appointment of Christ, giving up themselves to the Lord and one, and, and, and one to another by the will of God in professed subjection to the ordinances of the gospel. Again, the members of these churches are saints by calling visibly manifesting and evidencing in and by their profession and walking their obedience unto that call of Christ and do willingly consent to walk together according to the appointment of Christ, giving up themselves to the Lord and to one another by the will of God in professed subjection to the ordinances of the gospel. Now what you're going to be considering this, this evening is membership in the local church. Um, local churches, uh, um, local churches, local churches are comprised of members. Um, and these members, we are told there, are saints by calling. Unlike the idea that we have today that you can become a church member by, I don't know, being in the list or contributing some amount of money or by coming to church enough times and then you become a member. The idea of membership that we see in the scriptures is not like that. The members of these churches that the Lord Jesus Christ has made are saints by calling. They are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, they are those who have repented of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. And not any other it doesn't matter whether you're in, in the list of, 
I don't know what PCA church or Baptist church or whatever other church, Anglican church. It doesn't matter whether you're in that list. Members of churches are only those who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have repented of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ. So that it doesn't quite matter that you are in the list of, in this case, TRBC. If you haven't put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then that is useless. And the writers of the confession are saying here that membership is evangelical. It is evangelical because it is based upon evangelism, if you will, the gospel, the proclamation that Jesus died, Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose again, and uh, he grants salvation to those who believe in him. So those who are members of these churches are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we read there that visibly manifesting and evidencing in and by their profession and working their obedience unto that call of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ calls a people. He saves them. And then these people uh, are the members of these churches. Um, we know this Look at paragraph 2. It says, All persons throughout the world professing the faith of the gospel and obedience unto God by Christ according unto it, not destroying their own profession by any errors averting the foundation or unholiness of, of conversation, are and may be called visible saints. You see that? So the saints, the saints visibly manifest and evidence in and by their profession and working, that they are obedient to Christ. They are obedient to the call of Christ. They are repenting of their sins and putting their trust in him every day of their lives. Uh, putting to death the deeds of the flesh so that while they are definitively sanctified, they continue to be progressively sanctified. Um, while they are justified by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, they continue to be sanctified and they are kept to the end of the age. It is those, those and those only that are members of churches. So, so as we consider membership, the first thing that I'd like for you to see there is that membership is evangelical. You are not a member of the, uh, the local church, live alone the universal church, if you've not put your trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's consider the text that have been given us there. Romans chapter 1 verse 7. Romans chapter 1 verse 7 we read to all those in Rome who were loved by God and called to be saints. So the Apostle Paul is, is writing a letter to the Romans and he's writing to those who are loved by God and those who have been called to be saints. He's not writing this to everyone. He's writing this to those who have been called to be saints. Now, <clears throat> let's consider the next text, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. So you could, you know, you could go to all the epistles of Paul and you'd see that he's writing to saints. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. How do we know the epistles have been written to us as well? We know that they've been written to us as well because of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. 
So that the church, who, who comprises the church? It is, it is the, church, the, the church of God. Those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, those who are called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. That's what Paul says. So that membership, membership in the church begins there. It begins at this point where one repents of their sins um, and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, we know that the visible representation of this is baptism. And therefore, one is baptized. And what is one baptized into? One is baptized into the church, um, the local church. The next thing I'd like for you to see there um, so, so the members of these churches are saints by calling, visibly manifesting and evidencing in and by their profession and walking um, their obedience unto that call of Christ. So I'd like, like you to see that this is a, being a member of a church is a matter of obedience. Um, so that when when we are called by Jesus Christ, we are commanded to walk together in particular churches for our mutual good, as we, as we read in the previous paragraph, and for the rightful due performance of uh, that public worship, which God requires from us, which our Lord Jesus Christ requires from us. Uh, so that being a member of a church is not a matter of... Um, you know, I can, I can be a member of a church, but does it, does it matter? Um, I can decide not to be a member of a church. This is not that kind of a matter. This is a matter of obedience. So that anyone who professes to be a Christian and is not a member of any church, they are living in outright disobedience to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who is the head of the church. And you see, you see that progression. Eh? Jesus is the head of the church. Being the head of the church, he is the one who calls those who are saved. Having called those whom he has saved, he commands them to do something regarding, uh, regarding their fellowship with one another. So he commands them to walk in particular churches, that they may be mutually encouraged for their mutual edification, and that they, they may be able to rightfully uh, give God the worship that is due to him. So that... Um, let, me, let me give you an opportunity to interact with that before I continue. Any, any comment or question? I think when we talk about the idea of saint, it should not be misunderstood with the Catholic understanding of who a saint is. Mm. They view the saint as this um, highly exalted, revered people, isn't it? Mm. Who have died and uh, over a period of time, they are uh, they are ushered into becoming saints. Uh, and they say that these saints can can pray for them. These saints can be presented before God. Uh, we we see no such terminology in the Scripture. A saint, as we've read from those two passages, very clear that every believer is a saint. Mm. Even someone who has become a believer one hour ago, ten minutes ago. That's a saint, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The Bible says that they are sanctified. Mm -hmm. They have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what makes us saints is not, is not our experience. Yeah. Um, it's Christ himself because he's the one who sanctifies. You could go to all the, the epistles of Paul and see the way that he begins, that he's written to churches. He begins by calling those people saints. That's what he does in Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. Um, let me just read, read this for you. I think that's a very important point. 2 Corinthians. To the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia. Galatians. 
Paul an apostle, not from men or through man, but through Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers were with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. So, so the church is comprised of those whom Jesus Christ died for. Ephesians, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. And he says, grace and peace to you from God the Father. Philippians, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints of Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons. Colossians, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. First Thessalonians, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that, that's the language that he uses. Same in Second Thessalonians, to the church of the Thessalonians. And, and the church is those who have been sanctified, those who are saved, those who have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's expectation was that the church was made up exclusively of who? Of, of the saints, is it? Mm. Of believers. Uh, it's not to say that non-believers cannot come to church. Mm. They can be attendees, but uh, they cannot be members. Is it? There's mm. a difference between mm. those attending the church mm. and those coming to uh, and those who are members of the church. Mm. Mm. It, it's it's not like the church in the old in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel. It was made up of a mixed multitude. Is it? There were those who are believers. There were those who are not believers. Uh, uh, what you have in the, in the New Testament is a church made exclusively of believers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so that you, you have in the Old Testament, um, there were people who were rebelling against Moses, they wanted to stone Moses. Mm. There were those who were on Moses' side, isn't it? Mm. All, all of them were a nation of Israel, they were the people of God. But the Bible says that not all Israel was. Yeah, and this this then gives us or explains to us why we do, why we admit people into our membership the way we do. What what do we do for 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 us to admit people into our membership? Yes. We hear their testimony. Want to know whether they are, they are put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's the, that's the only qualification. Repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And the confession says something important there, that visibly manifesting and evidencing, in and by their profession and walking. So you see, you have a profession of faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ, but then. It must be authenticated. By what? By their obedience unto that call of Christ. So that they, they, live, they, live, they live properly. They follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they have this manner of life that is characteristic of their profession. That they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They love the word of God. They, they love to pray. They, they are submissive to uh, the exhortations of of, of scripture, they, they love the brethren, they, f they love to fellowship with others, they, 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 they are pursuing holiness uh, and, and righteousness, those characteristic of one who professes to have faith in Jesus Christ. Because we do not, we do not want a dead faith. James says, faith without works is dead. So that the faith of the Christian is living. It's, it's seen through the way they live. So when someone comes to church and uh, they want to become a member, what, what's the first thing that we want to tell them? They've, they've just come to church, they think, ah, this is such a nice place. I'd like to be a member of this church. What, what do we encourage them to do? Yes? Um, that uh, they can continue to be coming so that 
Because we want to see, we want to see them, right? We want to see the way they, they, they live. And we also want them to know us. We want to have that healthy interaction so that when we hear their testimony, we can quite verify that what they're saying is true. Any, any other question or comment? sight of God they are righteous not because of their own righteousness but because of the righteousness of Christ yet at the same time the witness of scripture says that there is still remaining sin and that's why we have all these exhortations to don't walk like this walk like this uh, put off put on yeah because there's still that need for progressive sanctification being cleansed uh, day after day. Yeah. A saint is... Being a saint is a blessing rather than an achievement. And that's how the Roman Catholicism movement seeks to put it. It's an achievement. It's those who have, have lived in a certain way that now we can call them saints. No, no. Being a saint is a blessing from God. God gives the blessing of salvation to to uh, uh, to those whom He pleases. Uh, he gives f- uh, faith uh, to 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 sinners that they are able to repent of their sins. Um, so the basis upon which we are called saints is not really what we do, but what Christ has done. Consider the Corinthians. Corinthians are not saints, Mazi. They are saints. But if you read the if you read the Corinthian the, the letters to the Corinthians, you'll realize that these guys they were terrible. Huh? They were they were boasting in the fact that they were arrogant of the fact that there's someone in their midst that is sleeping with his father's wife. Hmm? They had all, all sorts of divisions. All sorts of issues that you have there in, in, 
those letters to the Corinthians. But Paul calls them saints. They are saints. Any, any, anything else there before we move to the next portion? Churches, I tell you. I mean, you have someone <laughs> believing that he is called to be a minister. He goes and establishes their own enterprise, and people start coming there. No one knows who is a Christian and who is not, apart from me telling you, "Hey, by the way, me I'm Christo. I'm a Christian," and and no, no one verifies whatever you say. You you. Or you have people going to a place for such a long time and they believe me. Me ni msewa hile church. Miwe nanga hile church. And the church becomes a building rather than a people. But then the witness of the scriptures is the church is a people. An assembly, a congregation of God's people. Those whom God has saved. So that it doesn't matter how many times you come to TRBC or or you go to any other place. If you have not put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ and joined yourself, you've covenanted to walk with a particular people, then building and then you're a member of a church. Mem- membership is is not place That's not membership. Membership is, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I would like to be part of this community. That, that's what membership is. You, you're a saint. You're one who has acknowledged your sins. You've repented of them, gone to Christ. You've been cleansed by his blood. And now you are seeking to live for him. And you would want to be joined up with others. It's an unfortunate thing that we live in a day and time where Christians Christians can miss the Lord's Supper and not feel anything. I tell you. Or, you know, the church which God, which, which the Apostle Paul tells us that is the wisdom of God. Any God in all his wisdom, Ali, come up with the church. I'm a Christian, but terrible way of thinking that people have today. A lot of things are to be blamed. Our upbringing, what Christianity is in the society today, and all these sorts of things, but Christians have the responsibility to do what? To read the scriptures, to study the word of God, to know what God says, and to join themselves up with um, biblical churches Mem- people who have repented of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ I was listening to a, as I was preparing this, this uh, for this, um, uh, this this section today a certain preacher 
Al cual hacemos... Um, people, people who are not members of churches yet claiming to be Christians, their lives are out of order. Their Christianity is theirs, not Christ's. Because there is no way one who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will continuously live in perpetual, if you will, disobedience. You know that when they call Zappa, but when they And you say you're a Christian. I'm a I should be a member of a church. I should be working closely with others. And that's what we're going to see in the next section. But you're just there and you're comfortable. That's, he says that that's, that's incompatible with what it means to bow to the Lordship of Christ. Mm. I'm sorry, but I, I, I kind of have to tell you all these things. Look at the next section there. And do willingly consent to walk together. <clears throat> uh, let me read from the top. The members of these churches are saints by calling, visibly manifesting and evidencing in and by their profession and working their obedience unto that call of Christ. And do willingly consent to walk together according to the appointment of Christ, giving up themselves to the Lord and to one another by the will of God in professed subjection to the ordinances of the gospel. They do willingly consent to walk together according to the appointment of Christ, giving up themselves to the Lord and to one another by the will of God in professed subjection to the ordinances of the gospel. This next section tells us that membership is voluntary as much as it is obedience. Membership in, in any local church is voluntary as much as it is obedience to Christ. So that those who join themselves up in any local congregation, they do that willingly. They do willingly consent to walk together with other saints. When you became a member of this church, no one forced you, those of you that are members of TRBC, no one forced you to do it. You did it willingly. Um, you decided that I am a Christian and I should be, a pa I should be part of a local church. And you came to the elders. You came to the elders and you, you said you want to be a member of, of the church. And so you did it willingly. You consented to walk together with other saints. So, <clears throat> see, there's, there's so much individualism in our society today. So that people do not think or let me, let me boil it down to believers. Believers don't think corporately. Believers think in, in such an individual way, which is, which, is, which is not quite right. And that's why you have, when you go to church, you have, during the prayer time, it's not corporate at least for the most part. What is it? It is individual. Talk to your God as though God is yours. But being a Christian, at the, at the core of what it means to be a Christian is um, fellowship. It's not that worldly kind of individualism that we see today. I mean, you see, this is a small paragraph, but then in Ongekusu, a lot of things. Um, so, so you willingly consent to work together with others. When you become a member of a church, you're saying, 
you remember that covenant the ones uh, that we covenanted together to begin this church you you you're saying you know, i want you guys to watch over me as i watch over you hmm? to tell me when i sin and 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 and, li- and and me likewise because you're consenting willingly to walk together with others according to the appointment of Christ now <clears throat> the writers of the confession are careful to to ensure that the things we we are actually saying here are are not our own it's Christ who's given them to us it's Christ who has appointed that saints walk together when the writer to the hebrews is writing to them he says do not neglect the gathering together of the saints when the saints are coming together anyone who is a christian should not neglect that because that is the appointment of christ that is how christ has appointed that the church should conduct itself and then he says says there giving up themselves to the lord and to one another so this is a willing consent it's a willing consent to walk together with others christ is the one who has appointed this and this is a giving up of oneself to the will of christ the will of god and giving up of oneself to other people And then and then we are, what are we giving up ourselves to what's what's this will of god this will of god is the professed subjection to the ordinances of the gospel so this giving up ourselves is we are subjecting ourselves to the ordinance of the gospel we are giving up ourselves to christ and to one another in those ordinances that are found in the gospels and what are they acts chapter 2 let's go to acts chapter 2 So in Acts chapter 2 you have Peter preaching. So so you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he has come as the Lord Jesus Christ uh, promised. And then <clears throat> Peter now takes opportunity to proclaim the gospel after this miraculous uh, falling of the Holy Spirit on 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 the disciples. And then Peter preaches this message that Um, he takes advantage of the fact that people have gathered and he preaches this message that saves 3000 souls and and what do we read there in verse 42 happened that <clears throat> let's read from verse 41 so those who received his word those who received the word that was proclaimed were baptized they were baptized and they were added that day about 3000 souls and what what do they continue to do as the people of god they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and you could read down and see how they how they walked together as the people of god chapter 4 um chapter 4 and as they were speaking to the people the priest and the captain of the temple and the sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead verse 3 and they arrested them and put them in 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 custody until the next day for it was already evening but many of those who ha- who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5000 so believers uh, seen as believe they are baptized they are added um chapter 5 chapter 5 verse 12 now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles and they were all together in solomon's portico none of the rest dared join them but the people held them in high esteem verse 14 and more than ever believers were added to the lord multitudes both of men and women 
so, so this is a voluntary consent to be added, but then it's, it's an inevitable one because they have believed in Jesus Christ. They have put their trust in him. And what happens after that? They are baptized and they are added into the number of the rest of the disciples. As you continue to read, you'll realize that uh, you'll be asking yourself, but then as you continue to read the book of Acts, you realize that uh, persecution in Afanika and they are scattered. When, when Paul is uh, standing over the, the killing of Stephen, persecution is in and they are scattered. And that's how the gospel spreads, <clears throat> spreads uh, to uh, not only in Jerusalem, but to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of, ends of the earth. So, so that, that's, that, that's what we have there. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Yeah. I think that uh, verse we read in chapter 5 verse 13 is, is very important. Um, it says, None of the rest dared join them, isn't it? Like those who are not believers, they had joined the believers. They, so, yeah, so, they, yeah. so it was the idea of that willing membership. Yes. But it says, The people held them in high esteem, uh, and, and more than ever believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. I think you see this idea of voluntary membership. Um, the, the, the congregation, on the other hand, should not be forced to accept someone into the membership if they think that person is not qualified. Isn't it? Mm. It's both ways. Mm. As a church, you cannot force or coerce or threaten someone to join our membership. And on the other hand, as a church, you cannot be compelled or coerced mm. to accept someone into the membership. Mm. It is within the voluntary membership. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a willing, voluntary membership because the, the person doing it sees the point, right? It's, it's not that uh, there are all these uh, manipulations and threats. No, it's that as believers, we are able to see what the will of God is and we are willing to do it. And that, that's where the willingness comes in because we know who has saved us, who our Lord is. And, and therefore we, we say, whatever my God wants me to do, I will do it. Mm. I think um, what you see in Acts chapter 4 um, is that the first part of obedience after becoming a Christian is I want to be baptized. Mm, mm, and, uh, and, and someone is willing to be baptized, someone is willing. Baptism goes with membership yeah, yeah, baptized yeah. into a local body of believers. Yeah. Uh, secondly, someone wants to be part of uh, the church, mm. be part of a body of believers, mm. because they, as you say, they, they are acting in obedience to God. Mm. They are not coming to church to please us or to prove to us that they are believers. Mm. They are doing it unto the Lord because the Lord has changed it, the Lord, uh, and they want to love the Lord. Yeah, 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 true. So membership is not to be entered into blindly. One is quite able to understand what it, what it, it means, what it entails, um, so that they are able to give consent. Um, if one is going to willingly do it, it means they have understood what is, what is being talked about. Um, yeah. Any, any, any more interaction there? Questions, comments? I have a question. Mm. Uh, is there a situation where someone um, is a Christian, maybe willing to join a membership, but they are unable? Or circumstances do not allow them to become a Yes, I think there is. Uh, 
there are situations and circumstances which may cause one not to be a member of a church. Um, for example, if you become a Christian like the Ethiopian eunuch, <laughs> um, you are on the plane, uh, in the plane, going to wherever you're going, someone evangelizes to you, you become a believer. You would not you would not seek to be a member immediately of any church because because of the circumstance, but then you see eventually you will do it because uh, the circumstances will change um, if you're a, if, if you become a Christian in Iraq where there is no local church to join as such you see the circumstance around you does not allow um, I'm citing these examples to show you that those who are not members of churches today are disobeying God because those are not the circumstances that they are in they are in so that whatever circumstance you're in you should do everything possible to become a, a member of a church, you should do everything possible to sort out whatever that circumstance is so that you obey God in becoming a member of a church. seriousness of it uh, the fact that this is not a light matter um, and unfortunately um, the whole idea of church membership is, is really not taught in churches so that people assume you go to this church mm. you go into this church for you for you you're a member of that church mm. um, but that in and out of itself has no commitment. You can't say you are married to your wife because you've lived together for three years, then you have not made the decision to marry. If you get what I'm trying to say. You can't say because you live with your with a person, you're married. You're, you're not married. So <coughs> The whole point of church membership, I believe, is the same thing. Because then, if you become a member of a church, it it comes with responsibilities. Mm -hmm. It comes with work. It comes with things, commands, mm. things that we ought to do. Duties. Duties. It comes with duties. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so that nowadays, people feel no sense of belonging in a particular church. As soon as... Pastor Meacha Kumibariki, as they say, they disappear. Or as soon as I see a better church, I disappear. Um, they seem better in the other church. Or they seem better, or whatever it was. They have a better appearance. Or they have better, whatever it is, and just go. Um, it, it just shows that one is really not committed to working with, with those members. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what happens today because, again, people don't want accountability. People don't want to work with others. Uh, we, we come in a scenario where in these mega churches or big churches, people want as short a service as possible um, so that I am done, first service, maybe 9, 9.30, and I go. I will not interact with the other members the whole week until we see each other the following Sunday. It's that individualism, yeah? It's very individualistic mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. sense. So it's it's not taught in churches so that people don't view being a member of a church as a serious thing. Um, and and because of that then the duties that come with being a member are also light taken lightly lightly. Mm -hmm. They're not taken seriously. Um, the whole idea of even giving to your particular church is taken very lightly. The whole idea of um, your elders taken lightly, um, 
or taken the wrong way, not done the wrong way, um, done the wrong way. So I, I, I believe it's something that ought to be taught in churches because it's the word of God, not because it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But it's what God uh, requires of mm-hmm. us in obedience mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you think about this matter very critically, you'll see that the, the church is at such a bad place. Or, you know, the group of people that claims to be the church today to combine to combine it's such a sad thing 80% of people that you will talk to that claim to be Christians today are not members of any church in the true sense of the word that's a terrible thing that, that's what we were seeing there in paragraph 3. That even the purest of churches are subject to mixture and error. And they can so degenerate to become what? Synagogues of Satan. Because the word of God is not paid. Uh, attention is not paid to the word of God. These churches do not teach the issue of membership because they fear to lose those people who attended the church, isn't it? Uh, so so the idea of the church is they have their own motive mm-hmm. of running the church, isn't it? Uh, they want people, they want finances from them. They know if they teach church membership very seriously, they'll offend people and people stop coming to, to their church, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they'll not be faithful on that matter. They'll allow everyone to be a member. Yeah. And that, you're right, that now spills over to many other things. Yeah. The, the moment you tailor church to be based yeah. on the, 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 need, the perceived needs of the people that are seated in the pew, yeah. you spoil everything. We, we want a church that is based upon the word of God. What does God say? God says this. Are we going to do it or not? If you're not going to do it, we are effectively saying we, we do not want to be a church of Christ. We want to be a, a church of our own. Stop being a church. We become a... Whatever it is. Become a chama or... Or a, or a club social club mm. Mm. any other comment or question this is such an important matter even to us who are part of what we believe to be a biblical church we should think about it very critically think about the way you relate with those people the way you come to church uh, do you think is that how you think or you think ah, leo ni Sunday nendanga, church leo. I'm going to church the word of God it's, it's also important to us who are seeking to be biblical in this matter because it should shape the way we think I am a member of this church okay what, what does that mean that means that I am walking together with them so that if I'm not working together with them, I am just a member by name. Sindio? I'm not actually taking the duties seriously, the responsibilities of being a church member. I'm not taking them seriously. Um, so that we shouldn't view this as though it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a paragraph that is speaking to people who are not members of churches that now need to be members. It's also speaking to us very directly to tell us we should think critically about how we, how we think about this matter of membership. Um, do we love God's people? Are we, are we you know, truly practically joined together with them in fellowship, in love, in, in prayer, in, 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 you know, in the word?
so that when we are requiring others to be members of a church, we can we can quite tell them what that means. Show them from the word of God. So this paragraph here is is giving us two things. It's telling us about membership and the two things about membership is that membership is evangelical. It is um, membership is enabled by the gospel of Christ and it is those that have submitted to Christ in the gospel that are members of churches. And then the second thing is that membership is voluntary. Um, it should be voluntary as much as it is obedient or obedience to God that we voluntarily says there we do willingly consent to walk together with others because we know what it means because we know that this uh, is by the appointment of Christ this is the will of God and uh, the in the ordinances of the gospel we have the apostles teaching the prayers the breaking of bread, the fellowship. Is there someone that has a question, a burning question before we conclude? I'd like to end it there. Depends with the way it's done. If you're a member of the church here, for example, and you are posted wherever it is to maybe go work or remove with your family or, or whatever it may be that is causing you to move, um, the church here has the responsibility of uh, ensuring that where you go, um, you are a faithful Christian, Right? So that if where you go there is a church, we want you to join up with the saints there as well. Um, uh, so, so I would say that it, it depends with the way you go about it. Because people decide, ah, church anymore. I'm going to join another church. You see, they may defend themselves by saying, I'm not refusing to be a member of a church. I just don't like that one. I like this one. See, so, so you have such cases. Um, but then, even, even when you want to leave a church, there's a way to do it. If you feel like the, your church is not biblical, you don't just ghost them and disappear. They never see you. There's a way to do it. You, 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 you can go to the elders, express your concerns, um, and see how they respond. You be patient with God's people because God has been patient with you as well, Cindy. 